grand slam for Masters! A grand slam for Masters! Big hit, Mac just did it again. Gives it to Jenkins for the championship. The spotlight never brighter. The stakes never higher. The cowbell never louder than right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 16 of the Put It in the Ball podcast. I am August Fort, alongside my partner, Bates Bennett. Baseball is back. Baseball is back, and today is going to be a little special edition episode of the Put It in the Vault podcast. Today we're going to talk solely about Mississippi State baseball and give everyone a little preview of Mississippi State baseball in 2020. And we're really just we're going to run through the positions. We're going to look at a little non-conference schedule. And, uh, we're going to give our lineup projections, what we would give, what our lineup would be if we were the coach. And let's start... With the position breakdown, let's start with the catcher position. Obviously, going into the season, this year's starter at catcher will be sophomore Luke Hancock. He had 326, had a 483 on base percentage in 23 games last year. No home runs, 14 RBIs. He really showed a lot last year. Do you remember seeing Luke play last year? Yeah, he was a lot. Um, I mean, Dustin Skelton was one of kind of like our breakout stars at the catcher position, so he didn't get a lot of playing time behind him. Luke, actually, when he played, he DH'd. Yeah, he was a lot of yeah, so, you know, it's going to – I don't know how good he – you know, like I said, barely got to see him behind the plate, so I don't know how his fielding is. But if he's – that was pretty productive in very limited batting yeah, time. Yeah, And so if he can build on that at all, then he'll be a danger in the middle of the Yeah, lineup. Luke was an absolute stud in high school. I played against him while while I was in high school, and the man's an absolute beast behind the plate. He's got a cannon of an arm. And he just hits the ball so hard. I mean, he just line drive hitter. He's got power. I wouldn't be surprised to hit him, see him hit five, six home runs this year. But uh, this guy can hit and he can feel. I think he's going to be really solid for us at the catch position. And Phil Skelton shoots just fine. Now, behind Luke, we have freshman Logan Tanner. And we heard Mac on the podcast last week talk about how this guy's got power to all fields. He got he's, Mac said he has Brent Rooker power. And I think this guy's a very interesting case because – He's got that kind of power, and, you know, people have said from the scrimmages this fall that he's very patient at the plate for a freshman. So That bodes well. That's yeah, good th- that, that's a good that's a good combination, and I think it's going to be interesting to see where and how this kid finds a way in the lineup because if he has that kind of power, I mean, I, you think you could see him DH. I mean, the catcher's position, you're not going to see the same guy catch every 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 day because that's just – that just doesn't have this stuff on catchers. So, I mean, I think this guy's going to be a very good backup catcher, and obviously I think we'll see him at I think we'll see him at DH some this year. Now on to the first base position. Our first baseman this year is going to be junior Jaws Hatcher. He was named second team All-ACC. He hit 321, 379 on-base percentage in 45 games last year. Three bombs, 21 RBIs. Everybody is projecting this kid to have a breakout season. Bates, are you expecting it as well? I, I think he'll be good. Uh once again, it's another guy that we didn't really see in the field last year. He played. He would come in. He played uh, outfield last year. In the outfield, you know, but that was usually game threes of series. We've already wrapped up. Um, he 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 was our primary uh, DH guy. So uh, you know his bat was big, and then he's moving in, in from the outfield to first base. So really, it's another question mark in the field. But I, I think mean, he, he played first base his freshman year, and I think he did final there. I think he's going to be fine positionally. It's just. Will his bat be sustained to what we know it can be? Everybody's saying, all right, this is his breakout year. And I really – I think Josh Hatcher is just as talented as any of the other juniors 
based on pure talent, I think he is, and I think he's got all the tools to put it together. And obviously, the other I mean, if they're good enough to put him at first over TA, who's had it locked down the past two years. I mean, they think he's got talent in the field. Yeah, they they must think or just. He's that bad in the outfield, and Tanner Allen's a better athlete, putting him out in the outfield. That, it might actually be a little bit more of that. But, I mean, Josh is going to be our everyday first baseman. He's going to get a ton of at-bats. He's not going to have to worry about job security. So, I mean, he's going to have his chances to hit, and I think he can hit. I think it's going to be exciting to watch him play. Now, behind him is a very interesting case. We have sophomore junior college transfer Brandon Pimentel, Junior college transfer who hit 458 with 14 bombs and 70 RBIs last year in junior college. Now this guy can flat out rake. This dude's a hitter. I mean he's he's gonna hit in the in the spring and the scrimmages. This dude's just been hitting the ball. They don't know where he can play. They've tried him at first, tried him to outfield a little bit, but this guy can flat out rake. And personally, my comparison to this guy is I see a lot of Nate Lowe in him. From just the pure what's going on so far, I know that's kind of a high expectation. But you remember Nate came in coming out of junior college, and he was just a hitter. He played first base, and you just knew the guy could hit. And I think Brandon's going to be a lot like that. I think he's a very interesting case. And this guy might be – he might be a bat that can help us down a year. I think so. I mean, this is a really a good problem to have here. Um, the, so far, the four people we broke down can all hit. Can, can all hit. Yeah. And we were talking about how will they find their way into the lineup. I mean, having a lineup this strong – yeah, yeah least, I, I expect him to get some time, but, I mean, he's going to have to earn it, and I think that's that competition is going to be good. Yeah, I, I really think, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but the start out the year, I really think the lineup's going to be guys who have been on the team. I don't think we'll see, but maybe one new face in the lineup at the start of the year. And these guys, obviously, they'll get their chance, but the start of the year, I think we're going to see a lot of veteran guys in the lineup, and then these guys will have to earn their way back in the lineup. Now, at the second base position, we have junior Justin Foscue, First team, all SEC hit 331, 395 on base percentage, 14 bombs, 60 RBIs. This guy might be the best second baseman in the country. There's really not much more. There's really not much that needs to be said about Justin Foskey. No, I mean, he was probably uh, the biggest star out of last year. Came as a surprise to me, um, just the way he turned on his hitting. And then he started the year at third base, I remember. But really, we really shorted. I thought he played the, pretty good at second base. I thought we really, really shorted out when he he moved him over to second. Uh, second I thought he was a lot better defender at second base than third base. I say so. And then also, you know, because he was quicker, and so that doesn't really help on third base. But it, you can turn those double plays easier. Yeah, I thought he. I thought he's kind of he's kind of a bigger guy for second for the second base position. But I think he's. I think he's a fine. He's second got a baseman. big bat for a second baseman. Yeah, huge bat for a second baseman. But, I mean, this guy this guy can hit. I mean, he's built like a horse. I mean, he's just massive. And I, and I think he – I don't see any signs of him slowing down this year from what he did last year. So, he's going to be a, just a stud in the middle of our lineup. And behind him, we have another transfer. We have Noah Fodgerin, another JUCO guy, and this guy's really going to be more of a utility man. They say he can play anywhere in the field, outfield, infield. So he'll pretty much be he's – got, he's play, got some SEC experience, and I feel like he's just going to be like the dude, if we need to plug somebody in a position, he can play it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know too much about him, but everything is – You really need, he, one of, you need a guy solid. like that on your team, though. He's solid. Yeah, yeah. you need a lot of guy who like is average at everything he and can, can play a lot of positions. He can do a little bit of and They say his bat's not bad, and, I mean, I just feel like this guy could be somebody who helps us in the field, late innings, pinch hitter situation, like we pinch hit for somebody, pinch run for somebody, we need somebody to go on the field. I feel like Noah could be that guy. 
Now, at shortstop, we got Jordan Westberg, Jr., 294-402 on base percentage, second team, All-ACC. I think Westberg is a very good baseball player. Obviously, he showed that last year. And I think the thing last year for him is he really hit a slump towards the end of last year. And he never really kind of popped out of it. I think he played good in the summer, but I, I don't expect him to have any kind of slump this year. I feel like he's I feel like he's gonna have an even better year this year than he did last year. That I can agree with that. I don't I wouldn't even say he really hit a slump. I mean he was still hitting it hard. He was just hitting it at people. Yeah, that's just unfortunate. That's the thing about Jordan Westberg is he hits the ball harder than anybody else on the team. Yeah. Like, he hits the ball so hard, and I really expect you, you're going to see this guy hit 10, 12 home runs this year. Probably, because I mean, he, he hits started, the ball so hard. He started off with, like, five or six home runs, like, right off the bat. Yeah. And then all those, you know, then those turned into long outs as yeah. the course he just he, he hits the ball on a line, too, yeah. that he doesn't really have. He doesn't move. pop out. Yeah. He, he hits line he drives. Hit, he hits the line drives, so he might not have the, the launch angle. That might have been the thing last year. He didn't really have the launch angle to hit balls out of the ballpark. But I'm telling you, this guy's got the power. I mean, he's got the... I mean, he's got the gap-to-gap power that you see out of big home run hitters, and I think he's going to do that this year. And I remember that we went to a scrimmage in the fall, and Westberg was up to bat. <laughs> he hit it. hit it in the no, f- no fielder moved. He made contact. <laughs> everyone stood still. Yeah. They knew well, I'm telling you, Westberg has got that kind of power, and that is great to see from a shortstop. Talking about defense, I think he's been fine in the field at short. I, I think he's he really – that was his first time playing that position last year for us. And I think he did fine. He, you know, obviously he struggled early, but he really settled in. I think he's got a great arm and he's got a good glove. And I, I think he's just, he's, he's just another one of our juniors that's going to get drafted this year. He's all around great player. And behind him, we got freshman Cameron James. This dude's highly touted freshman. He's an absolute stud defensively. This is our shortstop of the future. He's got a great glove. Now, this guy might find a way into the lineup at DH or another position because he's a contact hitter. He's going to hit a lot of line drives. And he's kind of played well in the fall and the spring as well. But the thing with him is he's got so good of a glove and he's going to be a shortstop in the future. But he might not be able to find a way in the lineup because right now we have Westberg. But I think this is going to this guy is going to be really good for us in the future. Yeah, I think so. He's he's probably more talented defensively. I would say. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't disagree with that. I think that's a good point. The runs saved on defense won't make up for the runs created. Yeah, I mean, he's just obviously he's a freshman. You don't yeah. see many freshmen that polished hitters, especially in this in this conference. But I think he'll get his chance because I mean, he hit. I think he hit upwards of five hundred multiple years in high school at DeSoto Central. So this guy, this guy can rake. So he might find his way into the lineup. Moving on. To the outfield, we've got – or let's do – Third base. Um, well, from my bad, we've got third base. Third base, we've got – this This is going to be the position battle at third base. It's going to be between Cameron James, like I just mentioned. Dude's a stud defensively, pretty good hitter in his own right. It's going to be between him and sophomore Landon Jordan, who hit 328 with a 397 on base percentage in 35 games last year. He hit one bob, had 11 RBIs. Now, I don't know about you personally, but – I really liked Landon Jordan last year. I thought when he played, he put the ball in play a lot. He didn't strike out, and he hit the ball hard. Yeah, he was he was very solid. He, he was another limited player because usually that first player uh, subbed in was usually Josh Hatcher. Yeah. So he only came in in the extreme situations. But I mean, I was never. I don't. Remember, I don't have any wow. He played a lot more in the beginning of the year when we were playing four games a weekend, and he had. Yeah, he got in that rotation. Game. Well, yeah. yeah, you say about it. We had a rotation going earlier because yeah. there were a lot of spots we were trying to fill out. And I feel like I feel like he never, 
he was just solid all year. You know, he never did like something wild of like put him in the everyday lineup. I don't have like a moment where I'm like that. That was Landon Jordan. Yeah, but there was never a moment where I was like. I feel like he can really hit the ball though, and I think he's. I mean, his averages are you know they're small, small sample size, but I feel like he can. I feel like he can hit, and I don't feel like he's bad in the field. I feel like Cameron James is superior in the field, but Landon might be a little bit better hitter at this point. I'm really excited. I mean, everybody's talking about, you know, Josh Hatcher, some of these other guys as a sleeper. But my two guys, I'm really excited to see get some big-time playing time, Landon Jordan and Luke Hancock. I'm really excited to see those guys get a large chance and a lot of at-bats because I really feel like those two guys can play. Now in the outfield, which is <laughs> might be one of the best outfields in the SEC, let's start with left field, one of the, the, one of the other question mark positions. We have sophomore Brad Cumbus. Who hit 286 with a 345 on base percentage in 33 games played last year? One bomb, 11 RBIs. Now, Mule is one of the more skilled athletes on the team, clearly. He's on the football team's great athlete. And I, I'm a big fan of Mule. I mean, obviously, I, me and him, I know him personally, but I think the thing for Mule is. He's got power unlike anybody else on the team, like pure strength. Yeah. And, like, he's strong. He's so built, and he's got pure power that's just as good as anybody else on the team. And I think the biggest thing for him, he's look, he's, he's got good legs. He's got a good arm, so he's obviously a good fit in outfield. But I think he needs at-bats because, you know, in the fall he's playing football, so he's just he's inexperienced because he's splitting sports. But I think if you give this guy at-bats in games, he will perform. Yeah, I think but, he's kind of raw, but he's the kind of guy you might suffer in a short run, but long term, you give this dude at bats, I think he can produce. What do you think? What do you think about that? I agree with that. I also think in the field, like because I remember a couple times he, you know, he didn't a couple balls. He, he, did, he didn't like lose them, he but like you know, just that little bobble that you know maybe is the difference between yeah. making a making that throw uh, and then you know between a stand up and a double. So you know, if he can get his feet under him. And get confident playing there, kind of in never confidence to play too. Yeah, conf- confidence will be key. I remember he went through a stretch last year. He started, he got some starts in SEC play, and he was really, he really put together some good at bats versus some really quality pitchers. So I think the talent's definitely there. It's just, I really hope they don't have a quick string with him because I feel like they might, they might be pressure on him. But I feel like if you give him some at bats, he's gonna hit because he's just talented. Yeah, and he's got the talent there, and he's. He can produce. And he now has a full – because when Lamonis came in last year, you know, he did get to see him in the fall. So, you know, really once football season's over, the first he got out there to practice. Now, was in having spring. a year yeah. under the yeah. system and all that, he kind of yeah. knows more of what he's capable of. Yeah, he's playing – he's, he's – yeah. And I really feel like – I feel like in the scrimmages, Mule's been getting his chance in left field. I really feel like he will definitely get his opportunity come opening day. And backing him up in left field, that position battle is going to be between him and uh, previously mentioned Brandon – Pimentel, the junior college power hitting hitter. And I feel like that's interesting because I feel like Mule would be a whole lot better defender out in left field. But, you know, Brandon can hit, and he's this bat's going to find a way in the lineup. But I don't know if left fields will be the best fit for him. And, I mean, I guess I guess we'll just have well, to see. Well, I mean, see. if he's going to go somewhere in the outfield, it's going to be left field. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's going to be left field. But I'm just, I'm just saying – I feel like he's more better suited as a DH, but yeah. I mean, obviously, you're trying to get as many bats in the lineup. And center field, we have junior Rowdy Jordan, who was named second team All SEC 
he hit 290 with a 370 on base percentage last year, six home runs, 50 RBIs. What do you project from Rowdy this year, Bates? Rowdy's been my favorite player uh, since he was <laughs> since he was a freshman. Uh, he he led in home runs um, as a freshman, which I think is crazy. Um, you know, he's just the way he plays. Uh, you know, he's kind of like swagger that he has out there. He's always just appealed to me. And him moving to center field, just kind of taking over that side, moving away from the sidekick role to really becoming it's the full outfield. It is, mean, it's now it's his outfield. And I'm I'm ready for it because uh, he did. He he's another player. I think he's a phenomenal defender too. He's, he's another. He's gonna be great. He, he's field. great. He's a great fielder. He's another player who went kind of through a slump last year. Um, Very beginning time. of the year, I was the head of the bench Rowdy Jordan fan club. And I think he was bench for a couple games, and he moved to like eighth was, in the lineup or something like that. And he started in the ball. I mean, he like give him credit. He was literally Rowdy was hitting. I think started SEC player after the Florida series. He was probably hitting. He might have been hitting below one hundred. Like it was bad. Like it was really yeah, bad. And that's when they benched. I remember they put Hatcher in for the one of the Florida games. Yeah, it's when they benched Rowdy, and then he for him to bring his average all the way back yeah, up against to Auburn, Auburn is where he came back, and he was he like over excluding the first or second weekend or something like he was over four hundred the rest of the regular. Oh season. yeah, he was on fire the rest of the year, and I think that's the Rowdy Jordan you can expect to see this year. I mean, he had that little bit of a quote unquote sophomore slump at the beginning of the year, but he man, he lit it up at the end of the year. And, he hit all of his home runs in the second half of the year, I think, and he's yeah. really got that kind of sketchy power. It just kind of comes when he, he when he gets a hold of it. It's gone, but ball, like yeah. he can also hit for contact though and get those doubles. Yeah, I think he's a switch hit center fielder, just yeah. just like Jake was, and I think that I think he's going. He's got more power. He's got more, he's got a lot more, more power, power than Jake ever did. I mean, he can hit the ball in the ballpark. He had fifty RBIs last year too, which is that's nothing to scoff at, right there too. And then obviously, I mean. I don't. I don't even think there's a need to list the backup behind him because it's pretty much him and you know anybody. I don't even know who do you think would be our backup center fielder if something happened to Rowdy. I don't know because no one has the. the I mean, they, ne- ne- neither. Would Cumbus they put Tanner Allen in center? I don't know. I would put Cumbus in center. <laughs> I don't. Know, yeah, because I mean, at least Cumbus has some outfield experience. And he's faster. Kind of, yeah. It was a little bit fast. Yeah. I, that's that's something I hope we we don't see happen. But in right field, we do have the mentioned Tanner Allen Jr. Second team All SEC. He hit 350, 426 on base percentage. Not just like the rest of the juniors. Not much more needs to be said about him. This guy, he's a player. He will be. I think Tanner Allen. He has been our most consistent of that class. I believe. I mean, the dude. The only thing he's done is hit. I mean, honestly, I would say so. He's just hit. Early his freshman year, he was kind of like in a platoon. Yeah, uh, he wasn't out there. And then once he since he's I mean, he's been our three hole. I think he hit. I still. I, I think he hit third that year. Even though once yeah, he got in the lineup, once, once he took over that spot, he really hasn't disappointed in any way. I mean, yeah, he just kind of took over the lineup, and he's just the only thing he's done is hit. I cannot believe he went first team All SEC, but that's got to be some. That's a different story, but um, I mean, gosh, the guy can hit. He's gonna. Be an RBI producer. He's going to drive in runs. I mean, he's just going to he's going to play. I think he's going to be fine out there in right field. I think he's a good enough athlete to handle it out there, decent arm. And man, I'm just Tanner Allen is one of those guys you see come up to the plate you want to watch for sure because like he's just he can you never know what's going to where he's going to hit the ball and it's going to be somewhere hard. Now let's move on to the pitching staff. You know, obviously Friday night we've got sophomore JT again. Throwing, he had a 3.13 ERA, 105 strikeouts, 19 walks. That startling in 86 innings pitched last year. I mean, this guy's—he's an ace. He's going to be a 
top ten pick in a draft. I mean, wh- wh- what's your opinion on JT? I mean, he's about as solid as it gets. I mean, it, there was one game last year against Texas A&M where I think he, he looked bad, and that was it. Yeah, All I mean, year. as a freshman, too. As a think, freshman. think about that, a freshman. Yeah, he, he started – he was our Saturday starter – all year, and if he, I can think of one game where he was really off. If he gets if he gets any better, it's it's just gonna be it's gonna be scary because yeah, he was. Really, I mean, if he's the exact same as he was last year, he'll be a lockdown Friday night guy. I mean, but the, I think the biggest thing this year for JT is he's gonna throw more innings. Like last year, you didn't really see him pitch deep seventh, eighth inning like you saw Ethan Small doing. Now he's got a year under his belt. His arms. That's prepared true. for we, it. We, we we're gonna see J. We we're gonna see JT Ginn go in seven, eight innings into games because, and he's gonna be dominating deep into games like that. And behind him, we have a couple of other young pitchers. We have redshirt freshman Christian McLeod, six four, two hundred and thirty pound left hander. He did not play all of last year due to an illness. Now this guy's a very interesting case. He's a big. Reviews on this guy have been great. They, a lot of people are saying good stuff about this guy. He's got a pro curveball. He can really get a lot of swing and misses with that curveball. And I think this, his fastball sits low mid nineties. I think I think this guy's got a lot of talent, and I think he's going to be. I'm not seeing anything about this guy not having good control. So I think he's going to be able to control it, and that's what makes this guy good. And I actually saw this comparison on Twitter today, and I thought it was very interesting that. Saw somebody compare him to Connor Pilkington, another big left-handed pitcher we had, which I think that's kind of a interesting comparison because you know Connor had really good breaking ball. Connor locked a lot of, lot of guys though, and I really hope we don't see that from Christian. But I feel like he could be a really, really good Saturday starter for us. Bates, what do you think about Christian McLeod? He's definitely got the upside. You know, he was a, he was a big name recruit. I mean, like you said, he didn't play, so I mean, we haven't seen. Him I think in his I think his floor is a lot higher than most people would high upsides. Like, I think the worst-case scenario is we have a above-average Saturday starter. Yeah. I mean, he, I don't think – will, will he be JT Ginn level last year? I think best-case scenario it could be. He like, could for be. For sure, but – I mean, there's no guarantee of that. Yeah. But, you know, like we said, JT Ginn's a, yeah, I mean, a like, special we, talent. We haven't seen this guy pitch yet. It's but I think he's gonna be. I think he's going to be good. I mean, at worst, I think he'll be solid. I don't think this is like a big question mark. Now we've talked we, about. We've Cor- really been spoiled, to, like because two years ago Ethan Small was our day two starter. Last year JT Ginn. I mean, so if he can, if he's even in the same conversation as those two, That's we're a, doing fine. really good. And I, and they're saying he could be a um, he's a future first round pick. So I mean, you never know. I mean, we could be really spoiled starting pitching this year. And, and the and the biggest question mark, but I, arguably the most talented, is our Sunday starter Eric Sarantolo. Last year he had a four point three ERA, twenty one strikeouts, eleven walks, and fourteen innings. And the only the biggest thing for him is he might have the best stuff on the team. Uh, really good curveball, really good curveball. His fastball can even run up there 98, 99 miles an hour. I mean, JT Ginn's not doing that. We're not going to see Christian McLeod do that. But the biggest thing for him is he can't walk guys. I mean, he walked eleven guys fourteen innings last year. The only reason he didn't pitch more is he needs to get it under control. And if he can control his stuff, I I don't think anybody can hit it. I mean, for my. The biggest question for him is stamina, because when he came in, it was no more than an inning. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, more they, than five outs tops. Yeah, you're you're not lying, because even when he started some of the midweek games, he he wasn't throwing that much. And you know, starting on Sunday, we if we can get five out of them, five would be great. If we can get four out of them, that'd be nice. Yeah, I'd, I'd take four because 
I mean, we've got a pretty good bullpen behind yeah, him. As yeah. long as it, usually on Sundays, it's like bad on the bullpens anyway. If we can get it, Ginn or McLeod to go seven in those games, only use two pitchers in yeah, one of those games, yeah. we'll be fine. Oh yeah, we'll be great. We'll have the whole bullpen ready for Sunday. But I think Eric Sarantola, I think this dude could be a super good pitcher though. Like just say hypothetically, this dude comes out and he's got everything in control. He could be, he could be just as good as anybody else on the staff. Because yeah, I mean he's he's, he's looked. And he's he's got a huge, he's got a big build. I mean, obviously he's built to handle a lot of pitches. Yeah, he was kind of our last year. He's kind of our compliment to Lee Bell. We put Lee Bell in. He have that funky delivery, kind of like throw off, throw him off, and then you put in Sarandola. And he I just, just remember it by you. when we put in Sarandola in the SEC tournament. I was watching on TV, and these guys were like, "Who's this kid throwing ninety eight with the twelve six curveball?" I mean, now yeah, he didn't play that much at all. This was crazy. It's like a it's like a, it's like a gym. He'll Fastball, 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 and just when you think you got it lined up, curve. drops a curve, and you're two seconds ahead of it. Yes, yeah, so you can see how my strikeout numbers. I mean, he struck out 21 guys in 14 innings. It was a really good strikeout. If he, if strikeout he can stay ahead game. in the count. Oh, yeah. If he'll he can be, stay, uh, he'll be, stay ahead in the count, this guy can be dominant. And I, I loved watching him pitch last year because, I mean, how many guys you see in college baseball throw, running up there in 98? I mean, it was the first weekend last year, I remember, and it was cold that first weekend. It was 40s. It was low 40s. Opening weekend last weekend, we put in this guy. I mean, our I mean, Ethan Small, JT Gant were sitting low 90s, high 80s because it was cold. And this guy comes in here 97 with his Canadian blood in him, like it's he don't feel cold. And I was like, God, who is this guy? And, you know, obviously he only he didn't pitch that much more. He only threw 14 innings, but his, some of his other starts that year, he really got into some trouble early that cost him. But this guy's got a lot of talent. I think. Hey, if you need to slow it down a couple miles an hour, throw more strikes, slow it down to 94. I mean, what? <laughs> still, yeah. You're still throwing hard. I mean, I just think this guy needs to throw strikes. And let's move on to the bullpen. I think the biggest kind of swing man, kind of starter, kind of reliever guy is going to be grad transfer Carlisle Kessler from southeastern Louisiana. This guy had a season-ending injury last year early. But his junior year at Southeastern Louisiana, he had a 2.31 ERA, 73 strikeouts, 13 walks, and 87 innings pitched. Now, Bates, that, that stat line sounds pretty good at the D1 I mean, school. Yeah. I don't know much about him. Um, he, I mean, we've had success with transfers in the past. Uh, so, I mean. The stuff I've seen on this kid is he's more of a, he's got good stuff. I mean, his velocity is going to be, obviously, your typical yeah, low yeah. 80s. I mean, high 80s, low 90s. But he's really got a lot of movement on his fastball. And he's got some good off-speed stuff. Now, get this. I, I saw this. The injury is the biggest question. Can yeah, he, is can, he going to make it? Yeah, can he make a full recovery? And I, I, everything I've seen has been he's ready to go. But I, I like this. I saw today doing my research that he beat LSU in a start his junior year. He went seven innings and beat LSU. At, you know, I mean, southeastern Louisiana is like not a – they're not a your typical good That means he kept them – Yeah, I mean, that was him single-handedly yeah. beat <laughs> – LSU. They weren't dropping eight runs on him. Yeah, I I was like, that's pretty. That's pretty encouraging, right there. And I feel like this guy could really be like a Jared Lee Belt type, kind of, or a Ross Mitchell, even. Could like come in early, like say Sarantola gets in the first, can't throw strikes. We put this guy in, he goes seven, or we see this guy come in on a Friday night when in the sixth inning, if game gets pulled early, and give us two, three innings. I mean, I feel like this guy could really fill a lot of different roles. From our bullpen, and let's let's run through some of our other bullpen. I think we have a lot of bullpen depth, and this might be our better big, biggest question mark on the whole team. 
But we have a lot of guys, and I feel like, you know, kind of somebody's got to produce. Like, we have all these guys, somebody's got to produce. So let's run through these guys real quick. You know, we have Riley Self and Spencer Price. These guys are veterans, both of them seniors, been around this program for a long time. And both of these guys are interesting cases because you remember their first years on campus, they really showed out. Both of them were up for, like, Stop of the Year awards. Both really had great uh, Spencer sophomore year, Riley's freshman year seasons and ever since then they both kind of battled injuries and just really haven't had the same stuff you know Riley last year he still threw 25 innings which was one of our highest out of the bullpen and the thing is is cutter he's one of the he throws that cutter and if if it's flat then guys kill him I mean he just gets ripped but when his cutter's on I think he's one of the better relievers yeah he was he was virtually unhittable that I think that was a sophomore year uh and then last year you know he's he started off the year and he just didn't look that great, so his innings kind of went down. And you know, with the emergence of some other great relievers, yeah, but, I mean, Colby White, yeah, some out. of those guys. Yeah. But I mean, if he's if he gets out, uh, starts off the year strong, and then you know gets that confidence high, everyone he gets that reputation back because I think pitching reputation is just as much, yeah, just as good as anything. Um, yeah, because people he's got to get his confidence up yeah. too. Yeah. And I, I think Spencer Price, stuff I've seen on him this spring has been phenomenal. They're saying he's back to his old form. That's good. They're saying his velocity's down a little bit, but his slider is back to what it was early in his career. And I think he could be a really big piece out of the bullpen, especially because most of our other guys are going to be kind of inexperienced. If we could have that experienced arm in the back of our bullpen like Spencer, Spencer would be a great seventh, eighth inning guy. I don't know if he's tight. I mean, he was a closer. He's been a closer for us, but I think we've got a little bit more talent to be the closer. But I feel like he would be an absolute huge piece in the back of our bullpen. I'm rooting for both of those guys, though, because, I mean, both of them have shown they can play good baseball for Mississippi State, and I, I feel like they should be able to do it again this year to end their careers. And another senior we have coming out of the bullpen is Jack Egan. Bates, I know you remember he played a little bit last year, had a really good curveball, but he struggled with walks. He's a left-handed reliever, which, you know, we – he was our only left-handed reliever last year, really. So, we, I also remember he had some uh, Sunday starts, midweek starts. Yeah, he had a couple there. midweek starts. Now he's yeah. got it. So he's got strikeout stuff. He had thirty-four strikeouts in twenty-three innings. So he's got strikeout stuff. Yeah, he's, he's just also he struggled with the walks, and I feel like he would be a really nice left-handed specialist out of our bullpen if he can get it together, or maybe even another midweek starter this week. Yeah, this year, I, I think he might be our midweek starter because um, I mean he. Uh, he was one of those guys. I th- one game, I think he got pulled before fishing the first inning because it went up that bad. Yeah, it was that but there bad. was another time where you know he went six. I mean, in a midweek game, going six innings is a lot. Yeah, it's tough. And so I mean, it was just really hit or miss for him. So if he can, if he, he doesn't have to, if he can just stay consistent, um, maybe not hit those highs as much. I'll sacrifice some of those highs to avoid those lows. Yeah, but if he can just stay consistent, you know, give us five innings in those midweek games if we need him in a Sunday spot start. You know, just be, come in be consistent there. You see, yeah, well, you see, this is the thing was we got to have a left-handed reliever. And I feel like he's our best option right now out of the bullpen. So, he's we got to have a left-handed reliever, and we got to have a midweek starter. And I feel like he's got good stuff, and I feel like he'll he'll definitely get his chances this year. Now, moving on to some, some freshman pitchers, some freshman bullpen. And we, we have so many. There's probably – I could sit here and probably name six freshman relievers that are extremely talented and could – you could see any of the six of them having a breakout season this year. I really selected three, and let's start with freshman right-hander Landon Sims. He was the 48th 
ranked high school prospect in the country last year. Turned out a lot of money to come to Mississippi State. This guy's got, obviously, seen by his ranking, he's got great stuff. He's been up to 97. Really good swing and miss slider. This guy could be our closer early in the year. Now, Bates, what what is your feeling about a freshman being our closer? Mm, closer is one of the hardest spots. That's when I – that's tough. I, don't, I couldn't tell you the last time we had a freshman closer. So, if you were going to look at the guys who weren't freshmen, who would you bet on to be our closer? I mean, basically – Probably Riley Self. I mean, yeah. Because he, he kind of – he had that kind of closer role before uh, Cole Gordon emerged. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm not against the freshman being a closer because, you know, like J.T. Ginn last year, if you have that kind of mentality, I think if he wasn't a starter, J.T. Ginn could have closed. I mean, but, I mean, but that's the kind of mentality you need as a freshman if you want to close. I mean, are we saying that Landon Sims is a J.T. Ginn? I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's a 48th-ranked high school prospect in the country. So, obviously, you come to school like that, you got to have a little chip on your shoulder. But Just add it's all about innings at that point, you know. If he, I think he would work more in those kind of rotation games we need. Um, if we get in the situations where like JT Ginn's going seven, unless we've got a big lead, I wouldn't want him pitching the eighth or ninth. I'd want him in those Sunday uh, games where you know Saren told me has four innings, and then if he can get us two more, I mean that'd be fantastic. Yeah, this guy's got a lot. Of, I'm excited to see him pitch too. I mean, I'm telling you, we're gonna have to have some freshman arms, and I just. Hope at least one or two of them don't act like freshmen and actually kind of get the jitters out of the way early and can really perform for us because we're going to need them. And the next guy down is freshman right-hander Will Bednar. And this guy's another Landon Sims type, mid-90s fastball. A couple couple weeks ago they said this dude was up to 97 in scrimmage. Really good sink on his fastball, which is – I think that's – he can get a lot of ground balls with that. And I think he'll be a very valuable piece – out of the bullpen, especially with that sinking fastball, if you can get a lot of ground balls, because I think a lot of these bullpen guys, you really need a guy. You really need guys like that who are going to get you ground ball outs. Yeah. Basically, I mean, you love the guy that's going to get the strikeout, but you know those guys tend you see walk more guys. These guys who can come in and get ground ball outs like a Lee Belt did last year. Because you mean, don't you don't want those fly ball because if they you come need, in and you've already got people on base, they're just advancing. Right? You need them, but I really sometimes. I really liked what I read about him with his sinking fastball, and that could be really beneficial to us. Now, the last guy I have written down for our bullpen, freshman left-handed pitcher, Davis Rokos. And this guy is another very talented freshman. He's got also got good movement on his fastball. He's a left-hander. So him and Egan are going to be our left two, our go-to left-handed relievers. This guy's also got a solid changeup. He's got really good control. Everything I read about him, really good control out of Davis Rokos. And I think that that's a key. Even I don't care how old you are, if you can throw strikes, you're gonna find a way on the mound. Oh yeah. And I think I found an interesting fact about this guy. He's, he's uh, he had a 4.0 GPA in high school, and he's majoring in mechanical engineering. You you don't see that a lot in sports out of any athletes, much less baseball players. I mean, I thought that was mighty impressive out of that kid. And let's talk a little bit about our non-conference schedule. I know we have. Wright State coming up this weekend. Their RPI last year was 88. And, you know, Bates, that's that's not a bad RPI for an opening weekend. Team. No, it's not. I mean, there are no scrubs. I mean, it's going to be 
It's going to be a good game. I, you know, at least one of the games is going to be competitive, I'm willing to bet. Uh, um, yeah, I wouldn't expect they're all close. I mean, we're going to be a little rusty. I mean, obviously, first weekend, yeah, everybody's excited. Weekend, anything can happen. Yeah, anything can happen. But I, I'm just saying we don't need to sleep over Wright State. I mean, we need to – obviously, we need to sweep good. them. But they can come out and beat us in a game for sure. Especially but, if we come out thinking we're going to beat them easy. Yeah, I mean, I think that they're a good team, and I don't think we just need to sleep on them. And, you know, next weekend we have – Oregon State, you know, perennial great college baseball program. Their RPI was 29 last year. Expect them to be better this year. I think they're ranked 25th in the country right now. You know, that's a that's a elite college baseball. They are always good, and I know they lost they lost some like fantastic players last year, but we got a program like that. You, yeah, relo- just, you reload quickly. Yeah, I mean they've got national championships. I mean that's that's an elite college baseball matchup right there, and I'm extremely excited for that as a college baseball fan. I mean you really don't. I think Ole Miss plays uh, Louisville this weekend, and that that's a pretty big matchup too. But yeah, Ole Miss and Louisville, and then we play Oregon State. So those two matchups are really intriguing. I'm excited for that. And then Long Beach State, their RPI was 229 last year, which is not very good at all. But you know, Long Beach State's usually a they usually put out a pretty good. They're program. a name I recognize. Yeah, that means, yeah. That means they've been in the postseason. Yeah, yeah. They're usually a pretty good program. Usually, you see California schools like that. Really good arms, small ball type teams, and they can really beat anybody. So I, I'm then that series is on the road. It's at Long Beach State. Could kind of be a trap series traveling yeah. a long way to California, and I think that's a big non-conference matchup. And the biggest non-conference matchup we have based on team success last year is Texas Tech. You know, Texas Tech made it to Omaha last year. The RPI was eight. That is a really good ball club. Some teams, some rankings have them as high as third in the country this team we play them two games in Biloxi midweek series but those are going to be monster monster games I would love to see us throw like come come May when it's time for the postseason I mean those are the type of games you're looking at for big time RPI wins oh, yeah. when it comes to hosting and get a national seat because that's a you know that's gonna be a full game series because last year we got to win over them and the Frisco Classic yeah but this is, so this is two games so this is two games in Biloxi so I mean this is basically a series and I would love to see a throw JTDN out there I mean that would, or um, Who, like, do we play anyone else that. Weekend? Uh, yeah, we play somebody the weekend before and the weekend after. But I mean, is there anyone else that weekend? Like, is that like a tournament situation? Because last year when we played Texas Tech, we also had uh, Nebraska. I think we had some more teams uh, going on in there. So you know, if we get if there's another solid team in there, so we play Texas Tech March 10th and 11th, and then that weekend that that's a two scene Wednesday, and that weekend we play Arkansas. So we're gonna have that's to. A week. It's gonna be that's a week. <laughs> that is a monster week, and that's really honestly scary. So it's looking like we're gonna have to throw. I mean, why? We'll everybody. To, we're, I mean, everybody's, everybody's gonna. gonna I mean, throw. Kessler's gonna throw. Probably see Egan start a game. One of the freshmen, maybe Landon Sims, start a game. But those two, those two games are huge, and then we start SEC play. So you can't really get more big week of baseball to start off conference play than that. And I, I shoot those five games if we can go three and two. <laughs> that's I mean that'd four be and one would be a great week. That that'd be a and phenomenal three, week. I mean, three and Some two. people, I mean, they're picking Arkansas. The I think the coaches pick Arkansas to win the West. I mean, that's just projections, I mean, but Ar- obviously Arkansas is good. Arkansas is good. Arkansas is a good team. Texas Tech's a really a Texas really Texas good, good team too. 
And I think in general, our non-conference slate is pretty solid. It's respectable. Very respectable. Very respectable. I mean, I think – I mean, I, Rice State, Oregon State, Long Beach State, Texas Tech. I mean, those are four four teams that will really get you ready for conference play in a, in a hurry. Now, I would like to end this episode. I'm going to give what I think, and then base you can kind of comment and give what you would think. If I was a coach – now, obviously, we know the pitch is going to be JT again. Christian McLeod, Eric Sarantolo, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Now, but this is the lineup I would go with if I was coaching. I know kind of outside the box here, but leading off, I would go with Jordan Westberg. This guy led our team in walks last year. He's very patient at the plate. He's going to make a lot of hard contact. And I think as a leadoff hitter, you really want a guy who's going to be patient, really work the count. You know, obviously Westberg, he was really methodical at the plate. I don't know if you remember that. Really slow. Really work the pitcher, pitch really drive out the pitch count, really see a lot of pitches, and that's what you want to see out of a leadoff hitter. Now, what do you think? Well, like, what do you think about that idea? Westberg at leadoff. I mean, he's not your prototypical leadoff he, hitter he's not. because I, he's so strong and big. But I mean, I th- I think the reason that he kind of worked those long pitches, drew those walks, is because I mean, what for forty percent of the time, Megan was on base in front of him. So if you already got a man on base, you're not looking for that. You're not being aggressive. You're trying to make sure they don't get solid contact. So and so, I think without kind of that threat of, uh, you know, because if he if he gets a hold of one there, I mean, Megan can score from any base. That's that's what they're afraid of. I think you kind of still need that. If I were you, I would put Rowdy first. Rowdy, first. yeah, he's Western a, back to second. Rowdy's probably it's probably going to be Rowdy Jordan, and there's nothing wrong with that. This is just my opinion, and I think Rowdy Jordan. I think it'd be a fine. Leadoff hitter, he's a lot like Mangum. I mean, Mangum, yeah. say, I mean, oh, Mangum's more power obviously right great. But uh, as a, as far as approach at the plate, Mangum was very aggressive early in the count and swinging the first pitch oh, more than half the time, I think. Rowdy's a lot like that, too. He's very aggressive. And obviously, Mangum was a fine leadoff hitter. Uh, Dude, the best ever. Yeah, <laughs> the best ever. And, I mean, Mangum was – I mean, as far as patient at the plate, Mangum was not your stereotypical leadoff guy because yeah. Mangum get up there, get on base, first pitch. and I mean, you're like, well, who cares? He's sitting on first base. I mean, who cares if he's not seeing pitches? And I think Rowdy could be a lot like that. Rowdy could get on base, and I feel like either I feel like we could roll with. I mean, even I feel like we could roll with any of our juniors at leadoff and be fine with it. But obviously, I think if Rowdy's leading off, I think Westberg's going to hit second. Yeah, that's right. I really our first five. Yeah, our first five sit, are sitting now. And I personally, so I said personally, I had Westberg leading off, Rowdy second, and then Tanner Allen in third. Do some RBI machine. He's going to drive in runs. He's going to put the ball in play. I mean, you could put him at cleanup, but I think TA's a little bit better for three hole hitter. And I would like Foskey hitting cleanup. Foskey's really going to easier long ball, driving all kind of runs, guy. I mean, I, I mean, look at you. Look at those top four. I mean, those are your juniors. I mean, nothing, Hatcher, Hatcher, yeah, Hatcher. I got Hatcher fifth. Yeah. But you, you look at those top four though. Like, there's no question in my mind those four guys are going to produce. Okay. Like Hatcher, I really think he's going to produce, but you know, there's a little doubt he might not. He, we but, haven't seen it yet. Yeah, we yeah, haven't seen it. Yet. Every all the other four guys. I mean, you're like, give me a better top four in the SEC lineup I, in the country. I don't think you can. That's going to be tough. I mean, those guys. Out. I mean, you could see 300, 300, 300, 300 start the lineup. Easily. And then double-digit home. Each, double each, each has double-digit home run. And that's that's. I, I've been watching Mississippi State baseball since I was born, and I don't think I've seen anything. A lineup like that. I mean, 2013 team with Frazier, uh, Alex Dets, Frazier, Renfro, Brett Pertle, Wes Wright. I mean, that was a that 
this kind this of lineup. Is, this is close. That's close. I mean, those two lineups are very similar to I each mean, other. Probably the closest to it. La- I mean, this is the lineup last year, except Jordan, who was six, and Hatcher, who was seventh, have now moved up. Yeah, I, I mean, and last year we had to, to deal with some, some of the guys slumping at times, and Lamonis did. I think he did a phenomenal job of switching up the lineup because I really think, as a baseball player, that. That, Rowdy, that really last year, change. Last year, Rowdy did bat second for a while. That's when he was hunt. So, we moved him back to six is when he really Same thing with Westberg. Him. We moved Westberg down. I think he ended the year lower in the lineup than when he started. But uh, I, I, that's really that's really helped our guys out. And, you know, Foskey clean up, Hatcher fifth. And, personally, I'm going I'm going Mule and left. I'm telling you, get this guy at bats. He's going to produce. He's, he's going to do it. He's a hard worker. I just – I would love to see Mule starting in the left field. Friday night, and I'd love to see him start all three games this weekend. And then at DH hitting seventh, I got Pimentel. I think this dude's going to hit, and I think he's going to be in the lineup. I just don't, I don't think you can leave a hitter like this out of the lineup. And then eighth, I've got Landon Jordan at third. I feel like it's either gonna, it's obviously going to be him or Cameron James. They might have a little bit of platoon. I've seen one hits left-handers better, one hits right-handers better. I mean, Landon Jordan's a lefty. So he might not want to put him in the lineup versus the lefty. Yeah. But uh, we'll see how that goes. Personally, I think Landon overall better hitter. And ninth, I got Luke Hancock. I think Luke would be a really good nine-hole hitter. I think Luke or Landon Jordan would be really good nine-hole hitters because, I mean, Luke, his own base percentage was near 400. I know it was a limited sample size. But yeah. for his batting average would be 313. And his uh, own base percentage, I don't know, it was like 450, I think, I said earlier, which is really high. And I think – I think either of those guys would be really good. You know, you want your nine-hole hitter to be kind of like a second leadoff guy, kind of get the lineup turned back around. But you just looking at this in general, I mean, you're like, that's a lineup going to win a championship. And you look at our pitching staff, you're like, that's a pitching staff going to win a championship, Bates. I mean, you think we can win a national championship this year? I mean, this team is just as good as our team last year. If, I think, it, I think it, we're better. It could also, be better. Talking I mean, to Dad about this, I think we're better than we were last year. I mean, year. That, that's saying a lot. It's saying a lot. I mean, being on the same level gets you to Omaha, and then it's just about winning games. What you get, anything can happen there. So, I mean, we've definitely got the talent um, to get to a super. I, I mean, I really think anything short of Omaha this year would be a disappointment. Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, I think we can host a super regional. Um, if we can host a super regional, I mean, we're going to Omaha. Yeah. It's yeah. about not. I mean, once again, the SEC's loaded. I mean, I mean, yeah, SEC's loaded. So, yeah, I mean, you got Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's consensus number one team in the country right now. I mean, they're loaded, always loaded. But I just feel like, I mean, our guys can't compete. And I'm just thinking in terms of, you know, worst case scenario. In a three game series versus anyone, I mean, I would, we I mean, have a chance in any three games. Worst case scenario, we're still making Omaha. I mean, it's, it, I mean, that's how. Because worst case scenario for your top four guys in the lineup, or I mean, well they gonna hit three hundred? That's worst case scenario. I mean, best case. I mean, you think about the best case scenario for this team. We could be hitting three fifty as a team. I mean, it's scary. And if best case scenario, we have three legit starting pitchers who are all gonna be first round picks. It's very possible. I mean that that's what's scary is the best case scenario for this team. But you know, it's it's. We're going to find out very quick Friday. I mean, it's finally getting started. I couldn't be more excited. It's fired me up. I think we'll really know after next weekend. That's yeah, after Oregon really State. Yeah, so. it'll be really fun. Like last year we had Southern Miss come in. Southern That's Miss was great. Really good baseball team. And, you know, we, we played well versus them. 
Yeah, but, you know, I'm extremely excited. I've been – it's getting me fired up talking about this for 50 minutes, and it, it's been – I'm ready. I'm ready. You ready, Bates? I've been ready. <laughs> it, it's really fixing to be baseball season at the dude. Well, that's all we have for this special episode of the Put It in the Vault podcast. We look forward to having all of you again next time.